our marriage is completely good. Uh, actually, Jess is on a ministry trip helping uh, her very best friend, um, Pastor Onika McClellan, uh, who pastors in Dallas, Texas, is speaking at uh, Hillsong in Australia. And so uh, Jess is uh, helping her and doing some ministry there in uh, Australia. So I am uh, batching it with the kids. Thank God my mom and dad are helping and every other person is helping. I don't know why there's so much help coming my way. Makes me feel a little like they don't trust my fatherly uh, ability, but that's okay. That's all right. Pray. Don't pray for me. Just pray for the kids. They'll be fine. Uh, I, um, I, I do want to talk uh, just a little bit about the season that we're in as a, a church. And if you're here for the very first time, we're so glad that you're here or you're watching online for the very first time. We're so glad that you're here at church. Uh, come on, give a huge hand. All of our first time guests, if you're here for the first time, we're, we're, we're sincerely excited that you're here this morning. Hopefully you feel right at home. Um, a, a couple of things uh, that our church is uh, beginning to come into uh, a season. Um, one of them is, uh, and we've been uh, having um, sisterhood uh, for the last couple of months, um, and I, I don't know about you, but sometimes when people say grandiose statements, uh, you um, meet them with a little bit of cynicism. I'm fighting that uh, every once in a while. I'm like, come on, it can't be that good. Um, and, and so I, I don't know if you're like me with, with that, uh, but so I am going to say this statement. So for those of you who are like, come on, it's not going to be that good. I, I get it. I understand. Uh, I understand that, you know, sometimes we, we battle those thoughts, but, uh, but I really truly believe this. So, um, that's why I'm saying it. Uh, this sisterhood that's coming up this Thursday is absolutely going to be the best sisterhood that has ever happened in the history of our church. Uh, and I can say that because I know what's going to happen uh, this Thursday. I already know uh, some of the stories that are going to be shared. I already know some of the things that are going to be uh, opened up. Listen, this is unmissable for you. If, you, uh, if you're a girl and, and you're like, well, I don't really go to girl things and sister, you know, all that kind of thing. That's not my deal. This one is your deal. I promise you. This one you do not want to miss. You want to move things out of the way so you can be there this Thursday. And guys, make a way. If you have a girl in your world, make a way for them to be there. If they, uh, if they have some things that you can move, guys, move those so that they can be here this Thursday. It's going to be awesome. Also, guys, if you want to serve, we got room for you on the team. You can talk to Pastor Adrian after, uh, after service. It's going to be awesome. Who's excited for sisterhood this Thursday? I'm excited, man. It's going to be I just, it's, it's going to be great. Um, also, we're, uh, you maybe have seen some of these things uh, come up on screen talking about Heart for the House and hearing some of the stories um, from Heart for the House. So if you're new to the page of our church and you're wondering, what, what, what is that? Heart for the House is an is a annual offering that we receive above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings. And so it's a, it's a once a year thing that we come together as a church to give, and it accelerates the vision of this church. And so it's an accelerator. So if you want to see God do more in our church, then be involved in Heart for the House. And so you see 
these things around. You see Operation uh, Christmas Child with the shoe boxes, and, and you'll see other outreaches that we're going to be talking more about. You're going to see more, you're going to hear more about the vision of our church and where we want to see our church move in the next year. And that's all predicated on our ability to say, God, what part do you want me to play? Do you, do you understand how important it is that we flex the muscle of availability? That we just say, God, where do you want us to be financially? God, and, and I'm not asking you to ask another person. I'm not asking you to compare yourself to another person's giving. I'm not asking you to even spend some time just going over your own finances by yourself. I am asking you to absolutely ask God. Ask God and say, God, what part do you want us to play? I'm praying that we have 100% of our church, every single one, ask God, what part do you want to play? Because I do not believe in emotional manipulation when it comes to giving. I don't believe in uh, giving under compulsion. I don't believe in giving under obligation and feeling like you've got to do something to earn God's favor. I absolutely believe that when you open your heart to God and say, God, what part do you want me to play? He will tell you and you will feel joyful about doing that because you're fulfilling what God wants you to do. And so I, I really believe uh, as we're coming up, November 20th is when we're going to start receiving that offering. It's a celebration Sunday for us. I, I would ask you, take, uh, take some time with your family, with your spouse. If you're single, take some time between you and the Lord and say, God, what part do you want us to play? What part do you want me to play? Help me to hear your voice. Because I believe if we can all be faithful with playing the part that God wants us to play, man, are we going to see some more miracles in this church. Man, are we going to see the church move forward like never before. God moves on the availability of his people. God moves on the obedience of his people. So let's be available and let's be obedient. And just say, God, what part do you want me to play? So, so if you're taking some notes, I, I'm ask you right now, write those notes down and say, okay, I need to spend some time in the next couple of weeks talking with my family or, or just me and the Lord or whoever uh, you, you feel like, man, we, we're going to come together and give this offering. Take some time and say, God, what part do you want me to play? And I really believe that God will speak to each and every one of us. Uh, hey, let's pray. And um, that wasn't even my message. That was just like a little introduction. So you're like, whoa, wow, he's already sweating. What's going to happen? Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's all pray together. Father, I pray this morning, God, that we would continually hear from your voice. God, I, I pray that the words that we hear are not my words, but yours. Father, I pray that, God, there would be an expectation of faith in the room. God, I pray that, Lord, we would actually expect to hear from you and, and, and expect to move forward in our life and expect, God, that you see things that we don't see. And so, God, help us to move where we didn't even know we needed to move. God, I pray that you would help us do that. Father, I pray that mercy and grace would fill this room. Father, I pray for every person who might feel like they don't deserve to be here. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that, God, they would know how much you love them. God, they would know how much grace 
grace you have for them. Father, I pray that they will feel your mercy in this moment. And God, I pray that as we do that, Father, as we look at you, God, you will do all the things that we need and are hoping for and praying for. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 Uh, We're in this series called Jonah. We're talking about Jonah. I was thinking of something creative to say, but no, no, it's just, it's just Jonah. Um, And uh, we're in uh, chapter two, and this is, uh, chapter two is just recorded a prayer that Jonah prays, and if you weren't with us last week, where we left it was Jonah was swallowed by this huge fish. And um, so if you've ever been around church, ever heard anything, or even uh, new to the page of church, you've probably heard a little bit about the story of Jonah and this big fish. And so um, this, we're leaving the story, left it last week, of Jonah in the belly of this fish. And um, I entitled this message, The Rare Prayer. The, the Rare Prayer. And uh, it actually has two meanings to it. Um, one... Uh, the rare, the rare prayer, meaning the uh, kind of like how uh, some people order their steak. If you order your steak rare, wow, way to go! I, I, I mean, there you go. Uh, um, and I, I, you know, I order medium rare, but rare, you know, when you're like, hey, just throw it on there for two seconds. Okay, wow, okay, uh, do it. Um, but you know, rare stands for undercooked. Rare stands for, it's, it, it might not just be quite done the way I want it to be done yet. And this prayer, as I was reading it, is honestly really undercooked with Jonah. There are some things that he's praying that really God still needs to work on him with. But he's praying them like it's all done, it's all cooked, it's all buttoned up, we're done. So that's, that's one side of the prayer. And then also, there's this other side of the prayer at the very end that's a rare prayer like it doesn't get prayed a lot. And, and, and all of this happens in one prayer that Jonah prays. And honestly, doesn't that feel like us? We pray some prayers that God's like, whoa, that needs to go in the oven a little longer. And then we also pray some prayers that, that God's like, wow, not a lot of people say that. That's awesome. Like, so so uh, we find ourselves a lot of times praying these same prayers like Jonah did. Um, Jonah, and, and I, I just want to go a little bit with this Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. We'll just start with the first two verses. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and, and, and Lord, you heard me. And I want to spend a little time on that, uh, Lord, you answered me. I cried for help, and you answered me. God will always answer you. Come on, God will always answer you. It just might not be the answer you want. It just might not be the answer that you were looking for. Because if if it's always the answer you're looking for, you have probably replaced God with you. 
God will always answer you, but it might not be the answer you've been praying for. Uh, Jonah said, God, you answered me. Uh, yeah, God saved him by being, uh, by being saved by this fish, swallowed by this huge fish. And we're like, whoa! And if any of you have seen Pinocchio, you have this idea of Jonah sitting in this huge dark space, maybe starting a fire. Being like, okay, I'm just chilling out in a whale. Can I just tell you that's it's probably not how it felt for Jonah. Got swallowed by a big fish. Yeah, you got saved, but did you really get saved, Jonah? Because that's gross. As it, come on, that's nasty. Be swallowed by a, anything. I mean, I'm just... Not just a fish, just any, you know, you get swallowed. It's not a good day. It's not like, hey, I, I, I got saved. No, you didn't. You're getting digested. <laughs> and it's about to get worse. Exactly. It's about to get way worse, especially if you got to go. Because if you're going, you're going not, not the same way you came in. God, you, you, you saved me. But, but it didn't look like, it just didn't look like the answer I was hoping for. And I'm, I'm picturing Jonah in the belly of this whale and, and, and everything. Listen, one of the things that's happening probably is everything is, is squeezing around him. And sometimes when God is trying to get you in a place, you might feel squeezed. You might feel like everything is squeezing around you. And you don't feel as saved as you might feel. You don't feel like God has answered you the way that you might feel like you're being squeezed by your finances. You're being squeezed by your family. You're being squeezed by your boss. You're being squeezed by inflation. You're being squeezed by this person over here. You're being squeezed by this comment on Facebook over here. And you're just feeling like, man, I just am getting it from all sides. And you feel squeezed. And maybe Jonah feels the same thing. He was feeling like, man, this is just, yeah, I got saved maybe, but I just don't feel like I'm I'm saved. It just feels too tight. I remember when Washington, uh, not too long ago, there was something that happened. And, man, he got so upset. I don't know what it was. You know, toddlers get upset sometimes at the weirdest things. And, And so do we, you know. (laughs) <laughs> just yeah, toddlers. Well, that's um, you know, they had something happened that he didn't like. And he just started getting so upset, and I was like, Watson, what? Hey, man, call him. And he just could not settle. And finally, I just grabbed him and kind of just held him and squeezed him pretty tight. Like, hey, man, just just chill, just chill. And I could feel him kind of like, you know, like. And then all of a sudden, there was this point where he just released. And now I wasn't squeezing him anymore. I was holding him. And some of you, you're fighting against a squeeze that that isn't really a squeeze at all. God's holding you. God's holding you. But you're fighting, oh God, I just don't. What What if Jonah just started punching that fish? Right? 
Some of you in your mind right now, you've got a really great idea of how that looks. God was holding Jonah. But sometimes we fight the squeeze. Because we, we want independence instead of being held. And I'm telling you, independence does not get you anywhere. Even though we want, no, 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 dependence gets you somewhere. When you depend on God at any moment. Not only was Jonah probably getting squeezed, it was probably real dark in there. Real dark. Right? And and what happens when things when, when you're in the dark, just think about when you get in the dark, what ha- what's the first thing that happens? Usually you slow way down, right? None of you go faster when you get in the dark, right? So if you do, you're crazy, okay? Lights turn off, sprint! No, you slow down because you're scared of running into so you, sl- you slow down. Maybe God wanted Jonah to slow down. You're running real far from me, Jonah. I'm going to slow it all down. I'm going to slow it all down right now. Also, you listen better when you're in the dark. Right? When, when you guys are in the dark and you hear something. What? Come on. Some of you, no, 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 one, no, no one ever listens. You hear something in your dark and immediately you're like, come on, bring it on. What's up? You might think you came to the right place. You came to the wrong place, baby. I, I will get on you like a meerkat. You don't have any idea. What's about, you, you know what I'm talking about in the dark? You hear something immediately, you're like, oh, you came to the wrong house today. Nobody feels like everybody's too Christian. Okay, only me. Yeah, in the, in the dark, you listen better. Jonah, you listen better. Maybe God's got you not seeing some things in your life right now because he wants you to listen better. He wants you to hear his voice. He's trying to slow you down. And the great thing that happens in the dark too, light is at a premium. And you really pay attention to it. You really pay attention to it. And God will always give you light. But again, the answer might be, not be exactly what you want to see. Psalm uh, talks about this. Psalm 119, 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet. And a light for my path. You know what it doesn't say here? Your word is a floodlight to let me see everything and anything. Some of you want God to light up everything at all times. But God is actually just lighting up. And then, and then, and then, God, I don't know what's going on. You know where to put your next foot, and that's okay with God. Why? Because he likes when you're dependent on him for light. He likes when you're looking for him for direction. He likes when you're constantly, where do I go? Where do I go? Where do I go? Where do I go? Do I do this, or do I do this? No, I go here. Do I go there, or there? No, I go here. God is lighting your steps, and some of you are frustrated because God hasn't lit up your whole life. But God is lighting up your steps. Follow him step by step by step by step. He is a guide on the path that he has set out for you. Let him take steps by step by step. Just, just don't stop and say, oh, God, you're not, lighting my, you're not lighting my whole life. 
I'm lighting your next step. So be okay with the step. But we, we, we don't like the steps because we like control. And so because when we, we don't get control, we're like, oh, God, you're not doing it the way that I want you to do. Well, then God ceased to be God, and he's become your genie. And so that's why God answers you all the time. But it might not be the answer you want. So Jonah's caught himself here. Jonah chapter 2, verse 3. Look at this. Now we get into it, all right? We were kind of into it, but now we're getting into it. You threw me. Look at what he says to God. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, oh, Lord, you've driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves. The waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. He's getting real descriptive. All right? Like, there's just tons that is going on here. But I want to go back to verse 3 and 4. You threw me into the ocean depths. What? Hold on. Did God throw him? No. Who threw him? Sailors threw him. Okay. All right. Hey, you could be confused, waterlogged. You know, hey, you get swallowed by a big fish, you might not remember everything, right? You know, so we give him something. But then look at, and then I said, verse 4, Oh, Lord, you've driven me from your presence. What? Did, did God make Jonah leave? No, Jonah ran from God. And then I started looking at this and I was like, oh, this is what happens to a lot of trouble can mess with your memory. And when sometimes we're in trouble, we start misremembering what actually happened. When you start getting into trouble, you start thinking, oh, oh, God, you threw me out of the boat. God, you pushed me away from your presence. No, that is your own dumb fault. Jonah, that was your own stupidity that thought you could run from God. Jonah, you were the ones who told the sailors to throw you out of the boat. Jonah, you were the one that says, God, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to run this way, and I'm going to try to get away from you. Jonah, you were the one who put yourself in this position. Your prayer should have been, God, I got my own dumb butt into this fish. God, I'm, I was the one who got myself into the boat and told them to take off and try to get away from you. God, I was the one who thought I could outrun you. God, I'm an idiot. God, I can't believe I thought like this. God, I am, this is why I'm right here right now. I'm in this place because of my own dumb decisions. And God, I am so, where is that prayer? Where's that prayer? Before you clap too loud, remember we all pray like this too. We all pray like this too. Oh God, I can't believe that they, they, they don't like me anymore. And they didn't invite me. Wait, whoa, whoa. Have they never invited you? Or did they just not invite you to that one thing? And now all of a sudden, they don't like you anymore. Uh, have you ever seen, 
and the football team, uh, football team uh, you see that they have these um, challenge flags. This is um, not the that. It's a, um, we've made this. Um, but it kind of looks like it. And, um, but, you know, when, the, when, when uh, some referee makes a call that the coach is like, they, they, they beam down, they're watching, the, they're like, oh, no, no, that wasn't the right call. The, the coach will throw a challenge flag and say, no, mm-mm, that was wrong. And they'll challenge that particular call, what, what, whatever it is. And, yet, and they only get a couple of them, but uh, there's actually a, a commercial that's going around right now that they're actually using this kind of same idea. And I don't know if you've seen it or not, but like, the, like, uh, like a, a husband and wife will get into an argument and they're like, no, I said this. And they're like, no, you said this. And they're like, well, I challenge it. And then all of a sudden somebody runs in with like a video camera and they watch the playback and like the wife was like, ooh, embarrassing, embarrassing. You know, like that's the commercial. Uh, and I was, th- and some of you are like, oh, I wish that actually could happen. But... I, w- I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, man, Jonah could really use one of these from somebody. And the minute Jonah started praying this, somebody should have said, I challenge that. I challenge that, Jonah, because you're misremembering what happened. And, and, and honestly, we need good people in our lives, and we need also our hearts to be open to hear from the Lord, to be challenged about the things that we're remembering. Oh, I can't believe that they did this to me. I can't believe that they did this and this and this and this. And they did this and this and this and this. Are you remembering the times that you did those things too? No, well, I'm not talking about me. Oh, I'm talking about you. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for some of us to be challenged with some of the thoughts that we think. Some, some of us are, are we, we, because we think it, we think it's true. And because we, here's even more of the problem. Because we feel it, we think it's true. So the moment you feel like you got ostracized from some group, you're like, oh, they're mean. They're this, they're that. Just because you felt that. Just because you felt like somebody didn't say something to you. I'm sorry that somebody didn't say good morning to you the right way that one time. But that doesn't mean that that whole group of people hates your guts and wants to see you die. But so many times we go on in our minds about this thing or that thing and we let our thoughts run our life and we let our feelings run our life and nobody is open to being challenged. No one's open to hearing a challenge and say, I challenge that. Jonah, you're misremembering. It wasn't God. It wasn't him who pushed you away. It wasn't God who pushed you away from his presence. You decided to run. How many times, when are we going to sit down and say, this is my fault? I got us into this. I got myself in it. No, it's my family. My family's, they're just, they're just terrible. My family, they, I, I, they, I, they don't even know. Stop. Stop. When, it, when are you going to stop basing your life on every circumstance that happens to you and saying it's everybody else's fault? And it's every, and this is fault, and it's God's fault because God, He helps everybody else, but He never helps me. But somehow you forget all the times that God's been good to you, 
and you only remember the times that you felt like God didn't show up the exact time that he needed to show up. We keep misremembering things. And we keep putting ourselves in this situation that is hurting us. I'm telling you, as you go along, we'll see this in Jonah. Jonah, this thing doesn't end good for Jonah. And can I tell you, this is a part of the problem. Because in the moment that he was in the dark, where he should have done some heart surgery, he keeps building his case of why things happened the way they did instead of understanding, I messed up. I, I, I messed up. Because when we blame God or others for the consequences of our choices, we can never learn from them. Some, some of you have given too much power to other people. And you have looked at those people and they said, because they haven't done this or they haven't apologized or they haven't come to me or they haven't done this, you have given too much power to them over your own life. And you feel trapped. And the reason you feel trapped is because you have given the reins of control of your life over to other people. And you are going to bed thinking about them. And you're waking up thinking about them. And you're wondering, why, when are they ever going to come right? And God, are you going to ever work on my behalf? And God, I, I can't believe this and that. It's because... You are blaming others or blaming God. Some of you got tricked into coming to church. And you're sitting here and you're like, I hate God because of this or that or this or that happened. And, and listen, can I just be, there, there are some bad things that have happened that some people have gotten so mad. I'm remembering a friend of mine in Colorado Springs. He was talking to a neighbor of his and his neighbor was, an atheist, and he said, I'll never believe in God. And he said, can you tell me why? And he said, because my daughter died, and he didn't save her. What do you do with that question? There are some deep things that happen to people that give them real pause about an all-loving God. But in this moment, I, I, I love what my, <laughs> what my friend said. He said, just, just so you know I, know, I know a couple things. I don't know everything, but I know a couple things. First of all, your daughter was not killed by God. I know that. I know that. And, and, and two, I, I know that God is all loving and he is looking at you and your family, whether here on earth or in heaven above, that God is going to take care of you and your family and would not want you to drown in your despair and darkness. Now, that doesn't like solve all the problems because those are hard questions to come across. But there are people that w walk into our churches blaming other people and blaming God for their problems. And, 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 and maybe not deep problems like that, but some people, like they blame, oh man, I'm in financial difficulty. Stop going to Starbucks four times a day. No, it's God's fault. God's not drinking your latte. You know, like, th th these are things that we like to, oh, God hasn't shown up. Are you tithing? Well, no, but, 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 no, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, what happens is we start blaming God and other people for the consequences of our own actions, and we never can, Jonah, you never will learn from this. 
And this has happened from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve, they, they eat a forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Shouldn't have done it. Now, now they, they, sin has filled their life. And they are now broken in relationship with God. And God's like, what has happened? It was good. Now it's not. And so you pick up this story. And uh, he said, what, what did you do? He talked to Adam. He said, what did you do? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me. Have you ever seen a double blame in one sentence? It was the woman you gave me. Her and you made me. Gave me the fruit and I ate it. I wouldn't have ate it if it wasn't for you or this woman. All right? Like, oh, okay, that's how we're going to play. Oh, we're going to, I bet the woman was like, oh, Adam, all right, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived. The devil made me do it. That's why I ate it. The blame game. Why do you have a bad attitude? They cut me off. They don't know how to drive. Oklahoma people don't know how to drive. It's just, it's just how it is. Why are you going to church? Oh, because the last church I was in, they, they hurt me. Well, what about the new, new church? Well, I don't know. They probably hurt me too. Jerks. What, 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 what? Why don't you talk to your family? Because they said that one dumb thing at Christmas, laughed 25 years ago. I said, I never, ever did. Really long time. Like, why, why are you not? What's going on with your, your marriage? Because my wife, she, because my husband, he's a. Can you see how nothing ever comes together and never, ever fixed? When you start blaming, some of you, you're giving so much control of your life on some, some thing or some person and not realizing you can take control back by just taking responsibility. And so many of us don't, we want the control, but we don't want the responsibility. You can't have either. You can't have just one of the other. You got to have both. So if you're going to have control of your life, you got to take responsibility for your life. And responsibility says, what part did I play? Adam should have said, my bad. It looked good. I was hungry. She's fine. And I didn't want to take her off. So I, I hate it. You know, like, like just fess up in that moment. The, the woman should have said, I was deceived. But I knew I shouldn't have done it. And I did it anyway. No, but they didn't do this. They, they, some, some of you still haven't come to grips with the things that you need to come to grips with. You're blaming. over. And how do we know that this never got fixed? Because it got passed on. Genesis chapter 4. Cain and Abel. Look, look, look at this. When it came time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crop. These are the sons of Adam and Eve. 
when it came time for the harvest, Cain presented some of the crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. And this made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted. He keeps talking to Cain. You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what's right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. So one day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the field. Anybody ever say go out to the fields? Don't do it. That was stupid. I mean, everybody, Cain's got an anger problem. Don't do it, Abel. Let's go out to the field. No, I don't want to go out to the fields with you, weirdo. God. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Killed him. Why? Because he blamed Abel for his problems instead of his own disobedience. Where did he get that from? Mom and dad. And I'm sorry, it just keeps coming down the line. And, and you've got to kill that thing at the, come, kill the blame game at the root. I'm not going to blame my boss anymore. I'm not going to blame my family anymore. I'm not going to blame the rain. I, I'm not going to blame the way I was raised. I'm not going to blame my financial position. I'm not going to blame the economy. I'm not going to blame inflation. I'm not going to blame politics. I'm not going to blame a government. I'm not going to blame this person or that person. I'm not going to blame my neighbor. And I'm definitely not blaming a church. And I'm definitely not blaming God. I've got some stuff on the inside of me that needs to be changed and let everybody else figure their own stuff out but I've got to change on my side I've got stuff on the inside of me that needs to change and I am not going to worry about everybody else's issues when I got stuff that I need to change Jonah you got it wrong and you blamed and that's why it's not working out for you when, when you blame instead of break you will never heal when you blame instead of break, you will never heal. And that's why David was called a man after God's own heart. Because he knew when the chips were down, it was not time to blame. It was time to break. It was time to break. David did some stuff too. But he didn't, he didn't get up. If he didn't know church, that's okay. Just kind of roll with me. David was a king and he... Uh, saw this woman bathing on the top of the roof. He's like, I want her. That wasn't his wife. He shouldn't have wanted her. He should, but he, because he had power and, and he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Guys, just so you know, uh, power will kill you, especially when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so David's looking at Bathsheba. I want her. And, and they brought her over. He had sex with her and then she got pregnant. Okay. Uh oh. And now, and then all of a sudden, now he's killing her her husband, and saying, I'm just going to erase the whole thing. That was his issue. I, and I just, it's a terrible thing. It, I mean, it's, it gets real dark. And I can't get into all of this at the time, but, I mean, dark is, I'm just going to say that. I was going to save this for another time. I'm just saying, do you know Uriah? That was Bathsheba's husband. If you go back and Look 
through the Old Testament about Uriah. If any of you want to do some deep digging, Uriah was the one of David's mighty men. He was one of the guys that stood with David when no one else would. He was the one that fought with David when everybody else was running away. What kind of sick person would send that guy to his death? Kill him. Because he's stealing his wife. I mean, this is deep, dark sin. And David, in this moment, could have blamed a bunch of other stuff, right? Just like Jonah, just like we do, just like Adam and Eve, just like Cain and Abel. But what does he do? Psalm 51. Come on, here, here is the rare prayer. The prayer that doesn't get prayed often enough. Have mercy on me, O oh God. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Have mercy on me, O oh God. Because of what? A failing love. Because of your great compassion. Blot out the stains of my sin. Wash me clean from my guilt. Come on, purify me from my sin. Here it is. For I recognize my rebellion. David, he's, he's replaying it. And he realized, oh, I, I, I was the one who messed up. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sights. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. What does he say? He says, you, you got me. You, you got me. But then look at this. Go on with the next one. You do not desire a sacrifice or I'd offer one. You don't want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire, come on, is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. I'm not saying a broken one, like a broken, like you're just broken down and you can't move. I'm saying a spirit that's broken of pride. A spirit that's broken said, God, you got I, I just want to be right here. You will not reject and an, a broken and repentant heart, oh God. This, this is where we get, oh, I don't need excuses. I just need to come. And Jonah, for one time, prays this kind of prayer. Jonah 2, verse 9. Look at this. Just all of a sudden, something came alive in him, and he said, but I'll offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. There's something that's turning in Jonah just for a moment. He's like, oh, I want to do what's right. For salvation comes from the Lord alone. I want to do what's right. I want to do what I promised. I want to be obedient. And then he says this, but salvation 
from anything comes from the Lord and the Lord alone. Salvation comes from the Lord and the Lord alone. Can I just tell you right now, I don't know what you might be facing or what you might be blaming or or what thing might you might be feeling like in the dark or being squeaked. Can I just tell you right now, the same truth for Jonah, same truth for us. Salvation is in God and God alone. And I'm not just talking about your eternal home. I'm talking about life right now. And the Bible says that at that moment, when he prayed that prayer, boom, fish spit him out. And what does that mean? God gave Jonah another chance. I don't know about you, but I love another chance. I, I, love, I love more chances. I don't get it right all the time. I don't get it right as a husband. I don't get it right as a father. I don't get it right as a pastor. I don't get it right as a friend. I, 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 there's so many things that I love other chances at. And that's the moment where I'm like, okay, God, I just want, I just want to be right. I want to I do what you want me to do. I want, I want to walk this right path. So wherever you are, I'm just thankful for another chance. Aren't you thankful for another chance? Aren't you thankful for another chance? And God is giving you a moment here, church, to have another chance. 